He's amused Cam Newton. Just ask that question one more time. He's been insulted by Charles Barkley. When some idiot in the press asked him, if you know what you know now, what you have scheduled this game. He's interviewed Matthew McConaughey. I do say go Tarion. And he's taken on Big Blue Nation. As he, he's just completely taken the wind out of my sails. <laughs> it's time for The Drive with Josh Graham. Welcome to a Monday Drive, WSJS News Talk Sports for the Triad, where we've actually got college football games in the books to break down. The bets went one and two this weekend, which I don't love, but oh well, let's turn the page. And in Chapel Hill... I wasn't expecting, as I walked into Keenan Stadium Saturday night, to be impressed by North Carolina. After all, they were playing an HBCU, FCS, undermanned Florida A&M team, and a lot of people weren't impressed. The defense gave up 24 points. This was an 11-point game going into the fourth quarter. What's going on with the defense? You allow two long fourth-down conversions at the end of the first half. What's the deal? Oh, boy, what's going to happen with App this weekend? And by the way, that line has moved from North Carolina minus three and a half to a pickup. Has some folks thinking, whoa, watch out. Vegas knows it's all about App State. Strangely enough, I actually came away from Saturday impressed by North Carolina. I picked them to win the Coastal Division. I was waffling a little bit in the preseason when we learned about British Brooks being out for the year and Antoine Green being out for a month. But after watching Carolina up close, I'm more bullish on the heels. I think they're going to be a contender in the Coastal Division. I really liked what I saw. Namely, that the offense is going to be good enough. That's it. I didn't think that was my concern. If you asked me what my concern with Carolina was going into Saturday, I'd say, well, it's the offense. I think the defense is going to be okay. The way that the Tar Heels are being talked about right now, it's the other way around. Watch out for our offense. Ho, ho, can the defense keep up? The offense is going to be good enough. Drake May was almost perfect. Five touchdown passes. No turnovers. The O-line didn't allow a sack. When's the last time we were able to say that in a Tar Heel game? And... I really like the way he utilized his skill position players. I think I might have vastly undervalued them. Omarion Hampton had one of the best in-state high school careers in the history of North Carolina. And he looks the part. Over 100 yards rushing, two touchdowns for the heels. Petaway, he's got burners. Got two other backs that you could work it into that they like a lot too including Elijah Green and Hood, who's who looks healthy. They've got not one really good tight end. They got two, both of which caught touchdown passes. And then watch out for Copenhaver. He's the third tight end that they've got. And Josh Downs, he might be the best wide receiver in America. Two touchdown grabs in the season opener. Cue the Drake and Josh memes. On Twitter at WSGS Radio if you want it. Will Dalton, the executive producer of this show, That is the general takeaway that a lot of people are having. You're a Tar Heel fan. Most people are really concerned about the defense right now and loving the offense, right? That would seem the case. That's the trending thought process. Which is interesting. I would not overreact to the defense struggling. The tackling, that's going to improve. you got a really good coach who's proven in Gene Chizik. Teams everywhere are struggling with tackling right now. Why? They don't let you tackle as much going into the season as they used to. So the defense is going to catch up. 
along with Clemson, North Carolina is the only ACC team that's had three consecutive top 15 recruiting classes, according to 24-7. When you look at why they have a top 15 recruiting class, it's these last three years, it's because of defensive players. Guys from the triad like Ra Ra Dilworth and Javari Ritzy and Travis Shaw, who made his debut, and he already looks the part. Can confirm on that. I'm not so concerned about the defense. Here was Mac talking about the defense after the game. They're a talented offensive team. I was disappointed that we didn't get more pass rush, but we had three sacks. Uh, and I, I think we're, we got to get better on defense. We're, we're not going to walk out there and shut everybody out. And they've got a good offensive team. I was surprised we moved it as well as we did. Their defense was one of the best in the country last year at, in FCS and even named themselves. And, and um, a lot of them were back. So I, I was really surprised that we were able to move it as much. It was the exact opposite of what we were expecting going into the opener. So I feel really good about the Tar Heels. I think North Carolina is going to be a contender in the Coastal. I think they'll win it. I think there are three teams that can win it, Miami, Pittsburgh, and the Tar Heels. And I'm sticking with my pick of Carolina. I like what I've seen. I like how the schedule breaks for them. They don't have an ACC game until October, so they can get a lot better till then. Uh, Pittsburgh, that's at home after a bye. They've owned Miami, beating them five of the last seven years. I really like what this Carolina team looks like. I really do. 336-777-1600. If you're a Tar Heel fan, I'd like your thoughts on what you saw from North Carolina in their Week Zero opener. We do need a new name for Week Zero. Maybe we can get into that later on. The NFL's annual Top 100 list was released last night in its entirety. This is completely voted on by the players. They've rolled out 20 players each week for the last five weeks. The top 20 revealed last night. And the Carolina Panthers were almost completely disregarded. Only one player appeared on the top 100. Brian Burns at 76. And this is just the latest reason why the player vote's unreliable. It's why the media is better equipped for all pro lists. I don't care what sport you're talking about. Heisman, Hall of Fame, things of that nature. And... The reason it's unreliable is because they're not watching everybody. These players, they're focusing on their own seasons, and then you probably get back to watch whatever national game's available, which would explain why, okay, who's the number one player in the NFL? Well, let's just write in Tom Brady. That's a hard one to fault. He's earned it, 5,000 yards, even though everybody in the media is looking at this thinking, Really? This year, NFL 100, we're going to put Brady over the guy who's won the MVP the last two years running? Really? Over Patrick Mahomes? That's what we're going to do? The player vote's unreliable. And I'm trying to figure out what is more laughable in terms of Panther emissions here. Christian McCaffrey not being on the list or DJ Moore not being on the list? I think the answer's got to be McCaffrey. Are you really going to put together an NFL 100 list and Christian McCaffrey is not one of the 100 players listed? Think about how egregious that is. Think about how discrediting that is. Christian McCaffrey is a top three running back in the league. I don't think you can argue against top five. But I know this. There are not eight running backs that are better than Christian McCaffrey. Eight running backs made this list. Eight! And a fullback. A fullback. 
I love the fullback position. Last of a dying breed, Kyle Juszczyk or whatever his name is in San Fran. He's not better than Christian McCaffrey. He's not. The fact that you're suggesting he is really questions our intelligence. Josh, he's been hurt the last few years. I get that. But when he's played, he's been awesome. When, when he plays, even in the last two years where he's been hurt, look at the numbers. He's averaged over 100 yards in every single game he plays. Oh, that would have the 100 best players in the NFL. DJ Moore, 12 wide receivers made this list. He's not one of them. You seriously trying to look at me straight in the face and say DJ Moore is not one of the 12 best receivers in the league. He led, he was one of the top, I'll, I'll keep it at a dozen, right? Because a dozen receivers made the list. He was top dozen in receiving yards last year, top one dozen in receptions last year. What stats really matter to you? Here's a stat for you. He's had 1,100 yards the last three years. 1,100. That's not an insignificant number. Again, that's top dozen in the NFL. Do you want to know the list of receivers who have done that in each of the last three years, 1,100 yards in each of the last three? Stephon Diggs, DJ Moore. That's the list. That's the list. Oh, he's not one of the top 100 players in the league. Okay, well, Josh, a lot of really good receivers. I'm sure some guys were more qualified than DJ Moore made the cut. C.D. Lamb is on this list. C.D. Lamb, I loved him out of college. He was my vote to win the Blitnikoff because, you know, Blitnikoff voter, super cool. No, D.J. Moore has been better every year he's been in the league than C.D. Lamb has. Explain it to me like I'm five. I'd love you to. Jalen Waddell is ranked higher than D.J. Moore. Jalen Waddell's on this list. OBJ isn't even on a team, and he's coming off a knee injury, and he's on this list. Make it make sense, please. The NHL has infiltrated college football, specifically in one way. Saturday night, we're in the Keenan Press Box, and when Tony Grimes goes into the locker room after pretty clearly sustaining a head injury, don't want to speculate too much, but it looked like a concussion the way that he was shaken up. We get the dreaded announcement to the press, Tony Grimes not going to return to the game with an upper body injury. Oh, got it. So Mac Brown met with reporters earlier today, as did the coordinators, and they said that uh, he said that Josh Downs, who dealt with the knee, taken out, going to be evaluated later in the week. He'll be, uh, they'll let us know what his status is going to be Saturday. Sounds like some gamesmanship here for App State as some of the chess pieces try to move. Mac was joking about it Saturday night after the touchdown catch. I've seen enough. Let's just get that guy out of there. So I'd be surprised if Josh Downs doesn't play. But still, upper body injury for Tony Grimes. His status uncertain, too, for Saturday. As we transition to Ross Martin from inside Carolina, who joins us. Greensboro guy, all-around good guy about town, who joins us now. Uh, what was your takeaway from Mac and the coordinators following... Carolina's season opening win against uh, FAMU Saturday night. Yeah, what's going on, Josh? I'm surprised you don't have the British Tar Heel on to talk a little UNC football. <laughs> but um, <laughs> that's pretty Josh good. Could be on. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, dude, this is a huge game, and it's going to be a fun game. And there's so many different storylines to, to pay attention to. I mean, Mac talked a lot about you know his love of North Carolina Mountains. 
his love of Boone and coaching at Boone. He said he would have stayed at Boone for a lot longer had he not been offered six figures, you know, to go to be the OC at Oklahoma. Um, and I think an interesting storyline as well is kind of the fact that UNC had a week zero game. I already played four quarters, gotten their feet wet, kind of see what they have at a bunch of positions while App State obviously did not play last week. So that kind of, I think there's a couple different ways to look at that. You know, sure, App State has a full game of tape now on Drake May, on the defense, on the wide receivers, on the O-line. Um, they can kind of see what they need to prepare for that way. But I think UNC has a little bit of advantage of kind of knowing, you know, what to expect from certain players. The freshmen are a little bit uh, more prepared for the spotlight. Uh, substitution patterns, things like that can run a little smoothly in your second game than in the first game. So that's one storyline. And then obviously just how impressive Drake May was and how impressive Amar and Hampton was. And those two guys, redshirt freshman quarterbacks, um, he looked I, – I thought he looked spectacular. You know, missed a couple throws. Beyond that, he was accurate. He was poised. He could move. He could run. Uh, he juked out, you know, three or four defenders on that 42-yard run and, and threw five touchdowns to finish the game. And Omar and Hampton looks like UNC's running back for the next three or four years, probably three years, honestly. Um, Javante Williams-esque with, with how he can kind of burst through a hole, make a guy miss, and then you know, burst through for about 20 or 30 yards, as he did a couple times mm. um, against FAMU. So a lot of things to build on, and it's a pretty exciting week, I think, for North Carolina. Um, fans, app fans, and for the whole state. Yeah, he's on Twitter at Ross Martin underscore IC. My, the, I don't know what vibe the message boards at IC have had since Saturday, but the feel that a lot of people have is, Concern for the defense after allowing 24 points. And, oh, man, how much did we actually learn about the offense since it was an undermanned FAMU? It's funny, though. Going into the weekend, I thought it would be the exact opposite. I thought the concern would be offensively after losing British Brooks and Antoine Green and having a new quarterback and having all these highly touted recruits on defense and Gene Chizik coordinating things. It just kind of flipped in the way that this game is being perceived now. I, I don't know if you're with me on this, but... I did not know Carolina had this much talent aside from Josh Downs at the skill position players. The way that they spread it around and Amari and Hampton, I didn't think he'd be this right away. You follow the recruiting very closely. You guys do a great job at Inside Carolina. Did you know Amari and Hampton would be this type of player this soon? Yeah, I mean, there was there was thoughts that he could jump in and, and be be pretty good early, just based on how physically ready he is. I mean, he's a track star. He's built. He's got he's got NFL body as as an 18, 19 year old freshman. Um, I didn't know he would be able to kind of play what 18, 19 snaps, whatever he did on Saturday night. You know, in game one, that you know you have to learn. He came in in June. He wasn't a January enrollee, mm. so you kind of have to learn the plays and, and learn the blocking schemes and pass protection from the running back spot. So I didn't think he'd get that many in game one, but as Phil Longo or either Phil Longo or Mac Brown said, like once they saw him for a couple snaps, a couple more snaps, they just went with him and rolled with him. And I, I mean, I imagine the depth charts kind of changed at running back after game one, which um, I think UNC fans are pretty happy about that. They have someone in Mario Hampton, but also George Petaway at the skill position spot. He was a big time recruit as well in the freshman class. Then you mentioned uh, the offense and the wide receivers. Josh Down is spectacular. You know, one of the top running, uh, top wide receivers in the nation. It, it looks like, you know, he keeps the cornerbacks in kind of slow motion with how he can kind of get open, quick movements in the red zone packages. Um, he can do it all the wide receiver point. And they, Gavin Blackwell looked pretty good. J.J. Jones, and the use of the tight ends. You know, they have three tight ends they really like, and they're starting to utilize them a little more. Bryce and Nesbitt, Kamar Morales, John Copenhaven. And then Drake May, I, I think the question, you know, with the offense, Josh, was, it's not Sam Howe anymore. We had three years of Sam Howe. 
and now it's Drake May, and who knows how good he's going to be as a redshirt freshman. Who knows if he's going to take a couple weeks, um, you know, halfway through the season. But, I mean, he looked in midseason form uh, in game one, week zero. And I think that was my question, like how good can the quarterback be? Is it going to take a while? Is it going to take year two? Man, Drake May lives up to his – he was at one point a five-star. He lived up to that five-star billing, man. He was on point, and that's – and the quarterback is so important in college. Yeah. That was huge. But I mean, I mean, defense. They go on defense as well. I don't know where you want to take this. Yeah, well, no doubt. Defensively, I mean, you talk about highly touted players. Uh, Mac was saying it after Saturday's game that you know everybody's going to struggle to tackle when you're not able to tackle as much as usual in the preseason. And when you talk about Drake and what impressed with him, it's easy just to look at the numbers. But just I, I was glad I was there Saturday night to see it closely because it was some of the little things that don't appear on the stat sheet. That kind of stood out. You talk about like something as simple as how quickly you get the ball out in line protections. He didn't take a sack, mm-hmm. which is a big deal. And uh, he didn't give the ball away, which you can see on the stat sheet. And the way he spread things around, 10 different receivers catching the ball, the way he leapt over a defender. Yeah, I don't know if Mac loved that, but you love the competitive level. But you, you guys got a great pulse of what Carolina fans think about things. With uh, the, the <laughs> yeah. Inside Carolina does an excellent job of, keeping the pulse of Carolina fans. Ross Martin's joining us from IC. Uh, how would you – I picked this team to win the Coastal. I'm really excited about what Carolina's capable of doing this year. How would you describe the level of excitement for Carolina fans for this team? Yeah, they're pumped about – uh, sorry, by, by Drake May. I mean, that that is very reassuring that the zero sacks, the, the use of the wide receivers, the running backs, and just how sharp Drake May look. I mean, there's a lot of optimism now, not just for this year, but for the future – uh, but there are questions on the defense. I know you touched on that. I think that's worthy of, of discussing. We asked Gene Chizik about it. And, look, that was the group, like you said, that was going to be you know, really hyped up. They have a lot of four and five stars on the defensive line. And the last three or four years, they haven't played up to their potential. You thought this year, you know, some of those four or five stars are juniors, you know, redshirt sophomores. They should be clicking. And, look, against FAMU, you know, game one, a really good quarterback, the Vandy transfer, I thought looked great. Um, and the defense was okay. I thought it gave up a lot more passing yards than they should have. But you make adjustments. You make some changes. You've got some young corners out there. And they looked a lot better in the second half. And, and that's the advantage of having a week zero game. Um, they'll be able to fix a lot of the issues. Some were communication. Some were just how the, the kind of scheme fit with what the quarterback was doing. And that's why you, you have halftime. That's why you can't adjust. Um, you know, they're using four defensive linemen to get pressure. They're not bringing a lot more uh, a, lot, a lot of blitz, blitz packages. So I don't know if we'll see more of that against App State. I think they went pretty vanilla against uh, the Rattlers on Saturday. So I think there's a lot of growth in the defensive line. We did mention that um, Tony Grimes is going to be questionable if you're missing one of your best corners against Chase Bryce and the Mountaineers. And Chase Bryce was fantastic mm. last year. I'm just kind of mm. looking up his stats. I, I didn't realize how good he was last year for the Mountaineers. Um, so having that, what, is he a fifth-year guy now? Yeah. Having an experienced quarterback going against a secondary that, that looked a little questionable um, last weekend, that's got to be a little concerning for UNC fans. So, look, I, it's an awesome game, uh, but for looking forward, I mean, looking forward and potential this UNC team, I think they're very excited about what the offense can be, and I think there's still a lot of potential on defense. I don't want to jump to conclusions after just one game. You mentioned how Amarian Hampton looked the part as a true freshman. Travis Shaw from the triad, he looked the part too when he was out there in the second half. I'd say he's probably the most noteworthy Grimsley Worley since Ross Martin 
to come out of there. <laughs> I mean, Ross Martin from Inside Carolina joining us. On the way out, you want to give a shout-out to your Grimsley Whirly folks? You want to hype people up? <laughs> yeah, I saw some uh, some tweets today where the, the Whirlies are, what, number one in the uh, news and record mm. high school poll for that area. Mm. But yeah, Travis Shaw, he didn't play too much. He didn't play too much uh, against FAMU. They're going to bring him along slowly. He's got some work to do uh, to get where he needs to be, but um, it's exciting that he's, he's playing for the Tar Heels, and he just is one more of those one more of those uh, depth pieces they have. So uh, it's interesting to see how much he plays in, in the coming uh, weeks and months. Yeah, put it on right there. Grimsley Hall of Fame, Ross Martin, Travis Shaw, Dot, just wonderful people to come out of uh, the Grimsley program. All right, Ross, it's good to hear from you. Well, I'm sure I'll see you in Boone down the road. Follow, your, follow his coverage, InsideCarolina.com, and also Ross Martin underscore IC. Appreciate you, buddy. All right, appreciate it, Josh. See you, man. There he goes, Ross Martin joining us here. Let me see what else we got going on. Oh, I promised this huge scheduling note in the state of North Carolina. App State, NC State, home and home, starting in 2025. Thank goodness. This stuff's great for college football. Shout out to NC State. They're going to Greenville, America, and they're going to go to Boone for the first time in 2025. And Carolina, Mac Brown, going back to where he once was a head coach, going to Boone. The, Steve Logan told me this last week. The big boys can put on their big boy pants and go down the road every once in a while. It's good for college football in this state. It's great. So I absolutely loved that headline. 2025, NC State at App State. 2026, App State going to NC State. Great for Mountaineer fans. Really great for NC State fans, too. If NC State's never been up there, there's a chance a lot of NC State fans have never been to Boone for a game, which is an awesome place to be. I haven't been to a game in Boone, and I've been here for a few years. That's going to change on Saturday. Really excited about it. Tom Brady was never more relatable than he was speaking to the media for the first time since returning from his hiatus over the weekend. You'll hear that next. Some of you might not know this, but aside from doing the radio show that I'm currently hosting for a few hours every afternoon, I get invited on other shows as a guest. And earlier today, I was on with some of my friends in South Carolina, and they brought me on, and they joked at the beginning of our conversation, all we're going to ask you about is the new Taylor Swift album that's set to drop. And here's the thing. I didn't know they were joking. I was ready to break this thing down. Have you seen the announcement from the VMAs last night? And then at midnight, she announced an album called Midnight's WD? Boy, what a twist. Oh, boy. And no, I didn't see that. October 21st. Your boy's going to be up at midnight. For midnight. Jamming. For real. Yeah. Really excited. How many artists can pull that off successfully now? Where you announce ahead of time, this is when my album's going to drop it. It's going to drop at midnight, and people are actually waiting till midnight to listen to it. Eh, 
there's, there's I, probably a small handful. I did that with a Taylor album a few years ago. I'm a fan. Big fan of her work. It's not an act. This is not a game. It's a game changer. Midnight. Jacked about that. Let's get to Graham's grades for this week. Every week is a test for your favorite sports teams. Who passed the test? If one of y'all says some silly ass name. Who dropped the ball? I don't know. Josh Graham has the answers. I think you're very condescending and a know-it-all. Time for Graham's Grades. Didn't seem like you were that excited to talk about Taylor Swift. She doesn't do it for me. Shocking. It really is. You love poppy music. You love Doja Cat and Dua Lipa. Love Dua Lipa. And you're not in on Taylor Swift? She just doesn't do it for me. Taylor Swift crawled and... And, you know, waddled so that these folks could run. Best in the game, Taylor Swift. So you speak with reverence when you say Tay-Tay's name. All right, let's get this thing started. Recapping the weekend as we transition things to sports, maybe. Hey, Drake May's debut. Aside from when he one-hopped Josh Downs like a baseball on a throw to his left, what critique do you have? It's like at the end of 8 Mile when Eminem flips, or B-Rabbit, got to get the character, flips his microphone over. Now tell him something you don't know about me, and he has nothing to say? Papa Doc? Well, what are you going to say? What are they going to say now about Drake May? Maybe you could say, do it against someone not named Florida A&M, and that's fair, but we're just grading what he did in one game, and I don't have a lot of critique for Drake. No. I mean, he did what you're supposed to do against the Florida A&M. Five touchdowns. Five tutties. That's right. That's a Carolina record for a quarterback making his debut. It's also a record for a Carolina quarterback in a season opener. B. App State's 2026 out-of-conference schedule. Ethan Joyce, who used to cover Wake and App State for the Journal, he tipped me off to this on Twitter. They haven't completed their 2026 out-of-conference schedule, so they have one more slot to fill. Here's what they got in the non-con so far. September 5th at East Carolina. September 19th, home to Charlotte. September 26th at NC State. Come on, App. You got to go four for four with scheduling in-state schools. That's what needs to happen. I don't know if they want to schedule another ACC team, unless you could get them to come to Boone. Good luck with that. But I don't know. See what A&T's up to. See what Duke's up to. That's pretty cool when you look at that out-of-conference schedule and you see ECU, Charlotte, and NC State on it. Those are the types of games that are good for the state of North Carolina. And when you look at the way that the Sun Belt has done conference realignment, 
looking at those three games, there's a chance all the games that App has that year are going to be driving distance. All of them. When you consider, all right, you got the rivalry with Marshall back. You could drive to Huntington. We're going to be playing JMU or Old Dominion. I love what the Fun Belt has done with its expansion. Their fans love it too. The members love it too. There's an emphasis on rivalries. That 2026 schedule already looks special. ECU app should happen every year, in my opinion. That should be an in-state rivalry that happens every year. Those two teams, home and home, till the end of time. That would be really cool. Uh, Charlotte and App State's had some bad blood over the last handful of years. NC State traveling to App for the first time in 2025. It was announced today. The return trip 2026 has mentioned here. C. The Carolina Panthers dress rehearsal Friday night. Truly a tale of two halves. First half, perfect. Baker Mayfield, not one, but two touchdown passes. The defense, not giving you much. They shut out the Buffalo Bills. But then the second half came and Zane Gonzalez was kicking into one of those nets on the sideline and it's a severe injury. He's out for the year. Bad break, literally. Then you got Sam Darnold getting fall, fallen on. And fortunately, it's not a break, but you're paying a quarterback $18 million to be a backup for you this year, and now that guy's probably not going to be there for the first month of the year. It's suboptimal. So it's a C. Not the worst thing ever because of how the offense played in the first half, but those injuries did put a dampen on things. So it's a C. D. The Nebraska Cornhuskers. This game, really. Shout out to Northwestern for getting it done. Pat Fitzgerald's 200th career game uh, at Northwestern. But Nebraska, you were a two-touchdown favorite. This was supposed to be the year you break through Scott Frost at your alma mater. And now everybody's just waiting for you to be fired because you blew it. The only reason this is not an FWD is because did you see what happened at the concession stands in that stadium in Ireland Saturday morning? I didn't. Apparently, the internet was out. Oh, yeah, I did see this. So they weren't allowed to process payment. And you might think the natural thing to do is, well, you just don't serve concessions. People can't pay for it, then you can't give it to them. They went the other way. Everything's free. All the food, all the beer, it's free. For that reason alone, even though I know Nebraska wasn't responsible for it, I can't make anything associated with this game an F. I can't do it. Free food, free drink. What would you do in that situation? Uh, I'm, I'm ordering I'm beer. I'm ordering beer for... I've got 16 kids. They're all legal drinking age. I don't know in Ireland, what's the legal drinking age? Eight. And we all want one. I'm just going to carry it for the group. Now, you're not going to drink all those to yourself. No, no, no. That's, that's not what I'm going to do. And then food-wise, I'll have about six hot dogs. Throw that my way. Ay, 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 ay. Ay, 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 ay. F. Any reason why the III's just played there? 
I mean, drinks all around. Drinks oh, for that's everybody. Right. That's what I would sound like in that yeah. situation. And F is the Ravens mascot going down. This is actually really yeah. sad. Poe. So the Raven. Here's the good news. The Ravens have three mascot birds. Their names: Edgar, Allen, and Poe. Those are the names of the Raven mascots. Well, Poe had to be carted off due to an ACL tear. There was a youth football thing at halftime, and Poe, his knee gave out. He or she, I don't know. Androgynous bird here. Poe. I'm it's, sorry. I know. I can't, I can't help but look at the image of this bird carted off. in full uniform being carted off. I've it's never sad. seen it before. It's sad. It's an F. But it makes you laugh. But it's a mascot <laughs> being carted off the field. It's almost like... I haven't shown you this video. I told you about it. You need to look it up. Uh, what? Denver Nuggets mascot faints. That's what you need oh, to see. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. apparently in Denver, and this mascot is a great mascot. His name's Rocky. He is, it's the season opener for the Nuggets. And they're doing a deal where he's propelling from the ceiling down to the floor. Well, apparently Rocky passed out at the top near the rafters. And as he's floating on down, his body is just limp. Here's Rocky! I'm watching it. And right he's now. just floating down <laughs> to the floor. Yep, here he, he ended comes. up being fine. Oh, he just fainted. But imagine how traumatic that is for a kid. These are supposed to be mascots that are ah, uh, this is like it's like a raven, and dad, uh, this thing's like a a magical like thundercat of some sort. I don't know. But you don't expect them to be injured. You don't expect one to faint. But that happens because people are in there. Breaking news. I'm sorry if there's a kid in the car. Ah, I mean, that's traumatizing. Is Poe going to be all right, Dad? I hope so, son. <laughs> Poe's got ACLs, and those things can tear. I feel badly talking about it. I'm, hey. We made it an F. Yeah. I hate to laugh, but I can't help it. You're on the drive with Josh Bell, WSJS. Since the Red Hot Chili Peppers are going to be performing at Bank of America Stadium Thursday, we've got a Chili Peppers theme skips or plays with Hayes. As Hayes Permar of Sports Channel 8 joins us now, a man of all about North Carolina. Like this guy, he is one of the greatest North Carolina sports hype men, I think, ever. I don't even know who else would even be in that category. So Permar, I you're the right person, I think, to answer this question. Saturday, we've got East Carolina NC State, where Will Dalton's going to be in Greenville, America. We've got App State, North Carolina, up on the mountain in Boone. First time the Tar Heels going up the mountain. And 
We've got Aggie Eagle Classic in Charlotte at Bank of America Stadium a couple of days after the Chili Peppers are going to be there. Which of those three do you think gives us the best environment? Oh, that is tough. Uh, it's good to be with you as always. And I got to say, like, I, I guess maybe I've just been putting it off because it feels like if you start talking college football, you're quitting on the rest of the summer. So I've been avoiding it. But now that this weekend is upon us, I'm like, this is a pretty amazing weekend for North Carolina football. If, for, if you're UNC or you're NC State, if you're not playing in, you know, a Duke's Mayo or Chick-fil-A kickoff game in Charlotte or Atlanta, why aren't you doing this every year? Like either just take turns. It's a four game series, UNC at app, UNC at ECU, ECU at UNC app at UNC. And then the same with state. Like we should be playing these games more often as far as best environment. Um, uh, I, I don't know. First time for UNC. At, 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 like if you knew what the results of the game were going to be, it might be different. Um, and obviously I don't quite have the, uh, the cultural history with uh, the Aggie Eagle Classic. I've been to several of them, and it is hype. But uh, so I'm not just that one's not going to hit, hit in my wheelhouse as much. But basically, I'm white. Well, can we, we we keep things real on your show, right? So that one's probably not going to call to me as much. So I do know it's going to be awesome. I I don't know. I I'm I'm doing the worst sports radio thing, and I'm not able. Okay, fine. No, 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 no. Then we'll we'll do it another way. Since you seem okay. like you're down to the two college campuses. In Boone yeah. and in Greenville, let's rapid fire go through some of the things that might go into a great environment, and maybe okay. we'll arrive at an answer at the end of this. Let's start. That's which city will so serve? Yes, which city will serve the most beer this weekend? Ooh, so this is sneaky. You want to go Greenville right away, but a since you said beer, I think Greenville is going to be more like Truly's up until noon. And then at noon, just the brown liquor starts. So actually, truly, it's probably until like 11 a.m. Then at 11 a.m., the brown liquor. Those mountain meat dudes with their beer, they love the breweries. No I think sense. more beer alone, I think more beer is going to be served in Boone this weekend. Wow, that is an upstate, uh, upset. App State, they get the early advantage. Which city will be more high? Ooh. Um, and again, it's how you interpret the question because I think the grade of weed could be better. Whoa, whoa, I'm um, talking about just like ge oh, geographically. Oh, oh, oh. They're my up bad. on the mountain, right? Um, my, my bad. We're going straight altitude. Yeah, we got. I guess we got to give that to Boone. That, they, they, that is a uh, yes. Yeah, my bad. I misinterpreted the question. Yeah, Sorry. yeah, that's right. Yeah. So App State. That's exactly what I meant when I asked Let's which city will be State. more high. App State up to zip. Which city yeah. is more likely to see an upset? pulled though um this is tough i i do think ecu is going to make it interesting but i think the upset's going to happen in boone uh because i think i think unc can get it done the unc's already got a game under their belt they're less likely to make mistakes i say they come in and pull the upset over app state I, I think that's the more likely place for the i would upset. give ecu the nod there i've got the pirates beating nc state this weekend stop it stop it just telling you, you right know, now you that's just a better take to be right on if it comes out that way. That's all you've done. You've calculated the, the rightness of the take and which one will involve I more believe it. I believe it, Permar. Stop saying it's calculating. <laughs> I'm telling you which team's going to win. I'm not hedging. It's not hedging. Jillio did the same uh, thing. We were, like, in the kitchen a couple days ago. He said, hey, well, you know, you, you, you're just uh, kind of like what you just said there. No, not hedging it. ECU. 
I got them winning the All game. Right. I went on a radio All show right. earlier today, and they were like, oh, you know, they think they might have a shot, ECU. No, Pirates are winning the game. What? We'll see what happens. Okay, going further into this list, we'll have to, uh, speed this up a little bit. Better music scene, Greenville or Boone? Um, music, I like bluegrass. Uh, Boone, I like bluegrass. There'll be more fiddles and banjos in, uh, in the mountains. ECU's got to get a win somewhere. More likely to have an ambulance stolen. Uh, this is an up- This has actually happened at App, but what? Greenville's got more hospitals, more ambulances, so you've got to give the nod to ECU on this one. More likely to have oh. the ambulance stolen in a celebratory mood. Yes, definitely Greenville. It doesn't look like ECU's getting any wins in, uh, in Permar's opinion. So App State, the better environment. I think he just answered the question. Shifting right. things. It's time for Skips or Plays with Hay. Hayes Permar is somewhat of a renaissance man, an expert in the finer things, but he hangs his hat on music. Loves his God, and he's no friend of Satan. He was like, oh, six, getting busy with the sticks, been watching Big Mike and little Trick. Mike and Trip. I just need a Zion and someone he can dunk on. Today, Hayes will decide if this music is smash or trash, glows or blows. It's time for Skips or Plays with Hayes. Red Hot Chili Peppers themed. Don't mess it up, WD. I think this is a band that both Permar and I like. I think I've got three bangers lined up. Okay. Same. So. We'll see. We'll see how old he's going here. All right. Let's start off with Can't Stop. I think he's got us here, Permar. This is an interesting pick because I, I almost want to know what the other two picks are. Because like, if this is replacing things that should be in there, it might get a skip. But I guess I got to judge it on its own. It's a pretty good riff, but you know what? This song has never really grabbed me the way it has other people. I'm skipping it. I'm skipping oh! it. Oh! Plays coming wow. later. I'm skipping it. Skipping it. Kind of surprised um, by that one. Yeah. You yep. decided to go 2000s Chili Peppers, and when you do that. You're really gambling. You're rolling the dice a bit with Permar. What's next? Californication. He's inviting you to do it, Permar. Singing along? No, no not singing along. Oh, he's inviting me to... Um, I'm a... Bury him. This song's overrated. I'm a, I'm a you know it. it. I'm skipping it. I'm Hate skipping it. it. Yeah. Here's, here's the thing about Chili Peppers is they're almost like... The, what, do, what do we say about athletes? Like high, high floor, but not necessarily the highest ceiling. Like... This song's bad. Neither of the only songs he plays is a bad song. Like, if that comes on, I'm not like, oh, my God, who put this on? That's a good song. So maybe I'm, like, expecting just too much. Because it's almost like every good, every Chili Pepper song is good, but very, very few are actually great. Yeah, like, that's – But mostly it's coming from a great good. album. That's coming from a great album 
when you've got Other Side and Scar Tissue on the same album. Yeah, but we're and, putting and, a lot of pressure got, here on this last song. If you've got 13 really good songs on an album, that's probably a great album. Yes. Does that make sense? Yes. So, like, but yeah, even if it doesn't have a great song, it could be a great album. So, I, I think that's kind of where we're at with the Chili Peppers. What are we finishing with? It better be something that I think it should be. Give it away. This is a play. Come on, what I got? You got to give it to your mama? Come on. Lyrics don't get better than that. Outstanding. This is a fantastic song. This is a this this is a great song actually. Hey, Spermar. Under the Bridge would have gotten an autoplay. Uh, that's just an all-time. That, that's like a top fifteen Snow, song all-time for me. Scar yeah. tissue. Danny no, California. No. I don't know about that. I love snow. Uh, but no, I'm glad he finished strong with uh, "Give It Away." That's good work. All right, let's finish hey. strong ourselves here. Hayes Permar joining us. Uh, we just got done playing skips or plays. I think you and I are in alignment on something that we need to talk about and we need to push it to the world and maybe start to get some movement on this by the time it arrives next year. You and I do not like the name Week Zero, yes? No, yeah, out on Week Zero. I have a replacement for you. Okay. Okay? Rather than call it Week Zero, which is a bit confusing because, hey, Carolina's opening the season, but then opening weekends next week. I I just don't like it. Week Zero, not a big fan of the name. How about we call it Syllabus Week? Listen, hear me out on this, okay? Limited attendance, you know, not everybody's participating in syllabus week, and it it technically counts, but it's not as significant as what's to come. It's not really the start of the semester, plus this is college football we're talking about, so a college tie into it. How about we call it syllabus week starting next year? I hear you. Your logic is sound, but I'm actually going, and this is like, I know you're obviously joking, syllabus week, that's not going to catch on. We know this, but it is clever. Uh, I think it's going to be Capital One Bowl week here pretty soon, right? <laughs> like, like we're, these bowl games are about to become irrelevant in December, and the, the more irrelevant the non-playoff ones get, the more players aren't going to play in them, the more people aren't going to care about them. And so we've already seen the trend, like we talked about, the Dukes Bay Bowl and the, um, the Chick-fil-A Bowl. And I know a lot of those take place week one on that Labor Day weekend or whatever, but I think we could very well start seeing, you know, whatever the the next tier of both, like the Sun Bowl and the, you know, Weed Eater Bowl and the Liberty Bowl and all those might soon be taking place in week zero. So I, I'm going with Capital One Bowl Week as the uh, as the new name for week zero. I think that might be the direction we're headed. Yeah, you just bummed me out. See, I was really so excited sorry, at the start maybe, of this. Maybe it would be good. Maybe it would be cool to have bowl games uh, late August. And I mean, again, it's the same concept of, like, they were irrelevant in – you know, on December 28th, but we only turned them on because they were football. Like, same thing could be true on August 26th. We can just turn on a bowl game. After serving a one-week suspension, Hayes Permar back on the show, and he was exciting, and then he bums us out. That's the way to close things out. I, was sus- I don't even know what I was suspended for, but that's usually what happens to me, so I'm sure I'll find out at some point. Oh, it was a couple weeks ago. I forgot what you said at the end, but we said we were going to enforce a one-week <laughs> ban on the show, and that's exactly what we did. So. Excellent. Welcome back. Always good to talk to you guys. All right. See you, Parmar. Later.